Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're so excited, not only because it's Mother's Day, but today we begin a brand new, new series that, you know, it's just been on my heart for a couple months, and, and we're going somewhere as a church, and I would love for you to be a part of this journey. We just finished a whole, a whole series on the Holy Spirit, and uh, to be honest with you, he's still not done in our lives because we're going to learn about the fruit of the Spirit, and this series is all about being fruitful, and I'm going to tell you why. It is God's plan for every believer to live a fruit-filled, healthy, fulfilled life. And I really believe, I really believe that everybody, when rubber meets the road, that everybody would love to live a life that really matters, a life that really makes a difference. Um, And I think when we talk about fruit and fruitfulness, fruitfulness is a sign of life. Fruitfulness is a sign of growth. And when we begin to bear God's fruit and godly fruit in our life, there becomes a deep sense of satisfaction in our lives because you start to fulfill purpose. And uh, the thing that I, I, I understand and I know about God, it's God's expectation that you would bear fruit. He wants you to do that. Do we have any people in the house that like to garden? Anybody like to garden? Let me, let me see your hands. Oh, awesome. A lot of gardeners today. Wow, the Holy Spirit knew that we'd be talking about fruit. What happens as a gardener when you plant seed? Is there not an expectation that the seeds that you've planted would bear fruit? I mean, that's the expectation that you have. A garden in itself is not much of use unless what? Unless there's fruit that happens. And I think what happens in our lives is we can look at our lives and sometimes we're not happy with where we are. Sometimes there can be a tension. There can be a frustration of, you know, I I know I'm not where I I, I used to be, but I I know that there can be more. And I know that there could be fruit. You just, you you feel like there's no fulfillment. Or you can just feel like, I I just don't have any fruit in my life. And, or you look at your life and you see fruit, but it's not the fruit you want to see. Come on, somebody. It's not the fruit you want to see. And here's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be sharing with you the, the, the secrets and the insights, the truths about growing and developing the right kind of fruit in your life. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. And I've entitled today, Fruit Happens. I know you've seen the bumper sticker, Squash Happens. I know you've seen that one. But guess what? I'm going to talk today about fruit happens. Now, we're going to look into how how fruit and godly fruit is produced in our lives. Let's look at our theme scripture for our series, John chapter 15, verse 8. John chapter 15 says this. It says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Can we say that all together? Come on. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Let me give you this morning four truths about fruit. And then what I'm going to talk to you about is what God does and then our job. So we can have the fruit that God wants us to have. But here's the first truth about fruit. Number one, it is God's will that you bear much fruit. We need to get this in our theology. We need to get this in our thinking. God wants you to bear not just little fruit. He wants you to bear much fruit. Can I hear a good amen today? Even from the beginning, you see that this was actually the first commandment. You know, I think some people think when when you look at the the Ten Commandments, the the first commandment, right? No, 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 no. It actually started in the garden in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God told Adam and Eve, he said, look, then God blessed them. God blessed them. Now, notice this. Here is the empowerment. God blessed them. He empowered them to do what he's about to tell them to do. So then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So God gives the empowerment to do what he's asked you to do. So within every believer, every believer, within every believer, there's a seed, a mighty seed of God's word and spirit capable of producing fruit that lasts forever. What we're going to find out that this series is so valuable that there's fruit that lasts forever. 
there's fruit that God wants us to produce that is not just natural fruit. It's actually supernatural. And it's not just an earthly thing. It can be an eternal thing. But we need to get it into our minds. God is for you, and here's what he wants. It's his will that you bear much fruit. Here's the second truth about fruit. Fruit is always the outward expression of the inward life. Fruit is always the outward expression of the inward life. See, when we start to talk about fruit, this is what's interesting. Fruit is the visible result of the invisible that lies beneath. Let me say that again. Fruit is the visible result of the invisible that lies beneath. So the truth about fruit is this. Fruit is produced by what is unseen. So when we talk about fruit, here's what you need to know. Fruit is the visible expression of the power working inwardly and invisibly. I put this as a statement. I want you to listen. It's, it's interesting. So the character of the fruit is the evidence of the character of the power that's producing it. Let me say that again because that's worth coming to church this morning. So the character of the fruit is the evidence of the character of the power producing it. If you want to look at the character of the fruit, the fruit reveals the power that is producing the fruit underneath that's invisible. So this is how your private life becomes public. The seeds of the things that are happening in your private life become public. And what do we call that? We call it fruit. You can see the fruit, right? Now, here's what fruit means. You know, the New Testament was written in Greek. And when God talks about fruit, he's talking about this. Fruit means to be effective. How many of us want to be effective in our lives? You know what the opposite of being effective is? Wasting time. Wasting energy, wasting things on don't, wasting our life on things that don't matter. Well, here's the thing when you produce godly fruit, you're going to be effective. I want to live an effective life because I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted a lot of time with things that did not produce any fruit. But fruit means to be effective. Listen to what it means fruit means to profit. To profit. How many of you want your lives to profit? How many of you want to know that you live for something bigger, absolutely bigger than just natural things? You know, the root word in the word fruit actually means this, to seize. Have you ever heard this? Hey, I want to seize the day. Or have you ever felt like you put your head on the pillow at night and you're like, man, I, I did not seize today. Today got away from me, man. That to-do list actually got longer. <laughs> Come on. I did not seize the day. But this actual root word means to seize. And God wants your life to be effective. He wants your life to profit. He wants your life to be on point. Can I hear a good amen today? So here's what he's saying. Jesus is saying, watch this in John chapter 15, verse 8. He says, right, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Watch this. He says, so that you will be my disciples. Oh, he uses this word disciples. This is interesting. My church family and friends, listen, the Bible is very clear. You can have a salvation experience. This is what we call being born again. You ask Jesus to come inside your heart. You repent of your sins. Jesus comes inside your heart. Listen, there is a regeneration. You become born again. This is salvation. You are going to heaven. Many of you have made that decision. But guess what? There's another decision that you have to make. Being a disciple actually means that you make a conscious decision to be a follower of Jesus. Not just say a prayer and have him come into your life so you can go to heaven, but actually you begin to say, I want to follow you. I want to follow your ways. You know what? You have my heart, God. Here, here I am. I want to follow you. Now, let me just say, it is possible to be a believer and not a disciple. Let me say that again. It's possible to be a believer and not a disciple. Many people believe in Jesus. Many people believe in Jesus and they go to heaven. And guess what? They're just waiting. They're just waiting. They're not really following the Bible. They believe. And listen, 
I'm not saying God doesn't love you. He loves you. He cares about you. But we have to make a conscious decision to follow him. And this where the fruit starts to happen in our life. Now, let me just say it again. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven. Listen, but what it does mean is that you could be stuck because you're just sitting around waiting for Je when's Jesus coming back. Now, I'm going to assume today that because you're here on Mother's Day in Passion Life Church, that you are not just a believer, you are a disciple. Come on, somebody. You want to, man, you want to know, you want to follow in God's way. Well, he says, see, disciples are people who are conscious about the fruit that they bear. Disciples are people that are conscious about the, the fruit that they bear. Look what John 13, 35 says. It says, by this, all will know that you are my what? Disciples. If you fight on Facebook. Is that what it says? If you judge people. If you're good at judging people. Righteously. Is that what it says? He says that people are going to know that you are his disciples because you love one another. You know what love is? Love is a fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to go through all of them because as a believer, the fruit of the Spirit is already inside of you. But we've got to learn how to follow him to allow us to experience that fruit. So watch this. So since fruit is the visible expression of what is invisible, guess what? People see an invisible God through the visible fruit of his disciples. I'm going to say that again. People see an invisible God. How? Through the visible fruit in his disciples. Whoa. Whoa. So how do people see God? They see God through the fruit of other people's lives. They see what God is doing. So number two, fruit is the outward expression of the inward life. Here's another truth about fruit. Number three, fruit never lies. What do I mean by that? Matthew chapter seven, verse 15, 16, Jesus talking, he says, beware of false prophets whom, uh, who come to you in sheep's clothing. Everybody say that, say sheep's clothing. So they're dressed a certain way. Watch, they look a certain way. And he says, beware of those that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, huh? you can't see the inward, right? But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So here's what he's saying. There are people that actually, when you look at them, they look like sheep. Now he's giving a reference to, because he calls us, his people, the sheep. We're the sheep of his pastor. But he says, beware. Look, I want you to know something. There are people who look like sheep. They sound like sheep. Hi. How are you? I love Jesus. They look like sheep, smell like sheep, sound like sheep. But guess what? Their fruit looks like a wolf. And Jesus says, it's not about what you look like, what you sound like, what you smell like. It's about the fruit that's in your life. Because if the fruit is a wolf, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a sheep. It's a wolf. I didn't mean to get this deep on Mother's Day, but I'm sorry, you came when we're starting this series, and I want to tell you something. This is going to really help us today understand what God wants to do in our lives. Now, I'm going to tell you, when it comes to gardening and spending time in the garden, that's not me, okay? I cannot look at a tree and say, oh, that's an apple tree. That's a pear tree, right? We just bought a house. We just closed on it this week, got the keys. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Going in the back. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Walking with the gardener, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, that's a pretty expensive tree. I'm like, wow, it looks horrible. Like, but it's expensive. That's a bunch of this tree. And that's a this of this tree. And that's a this. That's not me. Can I just tell you? I do not love gardening. But here's the cool thing about America. There are people who love gardening. And us people who do not love gardening will hire the people who love gardening. That way you are blessed and we are blessed. Come on, somebody. 
Because when people tell me I love spending time in the garden, I'm like, why? Why would you do that? You know there's weeds there? Yeah, well, that's why I got to pull out those weeds. Listen, I will hire the gardener. I will bless him with some cashola, and I am blessed, and he is blessed. But I cannot look at a tree. I can't tell a tree from a bush. I can't. I'm just not a gardener. But here's what my rocket science brain tells me. If I can stand around a tree for a while and look at its fruit, and if I see pears on the tree, I'm always 100% right when I see the pears. It's a pear tree. It's a pear tree. It's a pear tree. Now, see, here's the thing. You can go to Lowe's, right, or Home Depot, wherever you go, and you could say, I want to buy an apple tree. I want to buy, and you go over there, and there's a sign that says, apple trees. And you're so excited because you're going to grow your own apples. You're going to make your own applesauce. You're going to make your own apple fritters. You're going to make your own apple pie. Come on, it's getting close to lunch, somebody. <laughs> and you're excited. And they're going to be organic. Woohoo! And you plant that tree. As a matter of fact, you're excited because not only did you see the sign, but the employee at Lowe's told you that's an apple tree. You plant it and you're watering it and all of a sudden it grows and you see lemons. Guess what? It's not an apple tree. <laughs> I want it to be an apple tree. I put a sign out there and it says, my apple tree. I know. But guess what? The fruit never lies. The fruit is telling you it's a lemon tree. You bought a lemon. I know this is basic and very natural, but let me tell you, this is true in the supernatural as well. And some of you, if you'll take what we're talking about today, some of you have experienced relationships where you have dated people who are wolves in sheep's clothing. You have dated somebody that you thought the tree, oh, my pastor Phil, he's so cute, he's so hot, Psst. oh, and he's so sweet, he's so sweet, but you know what, he hurts me every day. He hurts you every day, then he doesn't love you. Listen, I know you want him to be a blueberry boy, but he's showing you he's a cactus and he's hurting you. And cactus is a fruit and a vegetable. Google's always right. Come on, somebody. I Googled it. He's showing you he's a cactus. I know, but I like him and he can change. You know what I've started to notice? I've started to, in my own life, I love potential. I will believe in you. But you know what? When in investing in people, it's not just about their potential. It's also about their patterns in life. And you know what? People have fruit hanging off from them. And I put in my notes, write this down. When people show you their fruit, don't be in denial about it. When they show you that they're a lemon, stop trying to make them an apple tree. And this is what we do. And sometimes ladies will do this. I'll change that boy. I'll turn, I'll, yeah, he's a lemon. You talk about he's a lemon. I'm going to turn that boy into a juicy pear. <laughs> Listen, you know what I know? I know this. Guys lie to girls to get what they want, but women lie to themselves to get what they want. And you can tell yourself all day that he's, you know, he's going to be your pear tree. But listen, he's a cactus. That's what the fruit says. And I came to tell you today, the fruit never lies. And so when somebody shows you their fruit, don't be in denial about it. Here's number four. Are you glad you came to church? This is encouraging, isn't it? But let me tell you, this right here will protect your heart. Well, I just don't want to judge. It's not judging. It's fruit picking and understanding that fruit never lies. Never lies. Here's the fourth truth about fruit. Fruit can have a vital impact in your life. Do you know, have you ever been out on a hot day and peel an orange and just take a bite of a juicy orange? Is it an organic orange? Yes, it tastes like dirt. It's organic. <laughs> Everything that's organic tastes like dirt. Pastor Phil, didn't you wash it? Yeah, I wash it, put it in the dishwasher. It still tastes like dirt. It's organic. 
Well, I like dairy. Okay, well, it's organic. And you take this big old bite of that juicy orange. You know what they have found, right? Because mom always says, eat your veggies, eat your fruits and veggies. They find that what? Orange is a great, great helper with vitamin C, has vitamin C, eat your citrus, right? And then the internet tells us, how many of you know, the internet's always right, that some berries, strawberries, blueberries, they actually can help with mental loss because fruit can have an impact in our lives. And listen, what I am saying to you today, not just talking talking about natural fruit, but let me ask you this a question. Have you ever been affected by the fruit of somebody's life? Because I'll tell you this, fruit can have a vital impact in your life. See, some of us have been affected by our parents' fruit. And you know what? It impacted our lives. You didn't mean to experience it, but here's the power of fruit. Power of fruit is Fruit can affect your life. And, and I'm not just talking about us being affected by other people's lives, but Passion Life Church, I came to tell you, you have fruit as well, and people are gonna experience the fruit that's on your life. Your kids are gonna be affected by the fruit that's on your life. So here's what I want. I want godly fruit in my life because fruit never lies. So you know what? When I'm loving people, people see the fruit and the fruit never lies. That's genuine love. Why? Because the fruit never lies. And my fruit of love can have a vital impact on a community of hate. Come on, somebody. Because the fruit never lies. And if I understand that fruit can impact people, right, in a community or even in a nation that can be racially charged. What do we need? We need godly fruit. We need disciples of Jesus that they will know us. How? By our fruit. Because the fruit never lies. And when they see love in action, not just hear about it, right? Not just hear that, oh, we love you, right? No, 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 no. But they actually see the fruit and taste of the love. It can change a culture. It can change a city. Come on, it can change a nation. It's the power of fruit. It's going to be a good series, I can tell. So God knows the power of fruit. I think sometimes we don't. I think that's why we just kind of live our lives and don't realize. But when you really look deep down inside, and I wonder how many relationships that you were in that didn't end well because you didn't diagnose the fruit. And you didn't realize that their fruit would impact your life. But listen, I'm not just talking about other people today. I'm talking about us today. I want my life to be fruitful so people can be impacted by the good fruit. So God understands the power of fruit. So this is what he does. And I think here's where we come to today where, well, what does God do in this? And what do I do? Well, there's three things that God does because he's so committed to you bearing much fruit. Look at John chapter 15, verse 5. This is what Jesus says. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, what happens? He bears what? Listen, let me just take a break. Time out. If you walk out of here and didn't hear anything I said, I want you to walk out of here with this. Today, I'm going to bear much fruit. I'm, I'm tired. Well, you know, it's because my family, forget about your family. You're going to bear much fruit. I want you to walk out of here today going, the rest of my life, I'm going to bear much fruit. This is what God wants for my life. It's his will for my life. He's going to empower me to do it. I'm going to bear much fruit. So look at what he says. I am the vine, Jesus is telling you. So let me ask you a question. Who is the vine? Jesus. And here's what he says. You are the branches. So what are you? You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Now watch this. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. Now I want you to understand this picture. Jesus is walking. He's walking through Jerusalem. There are tons of vineyards there, tons of vineyards. Jesus was very creative. He did a lot of illustrated sermons. He would be talking about things and the disciples are walking. So they're seeing these vineyards and Jesus just starts to say, hey, look, I want you to know something. I am the vine. So here's the first thing that God does that Jesus does for you. Number one, God is your vine. God is your vine. Why is that important? Because Jesus is going to set up his role 
and he's going to set up your role. How many of you know when you plant, everything has a role? The soil has a role. The seed has a role. The sun has a role. Well, I want to know if God wants me to bear much fruit, what is my role and what is God's role? Why? Because I want to bear much fruit. So here's what he says. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, let me illustrate something to you today. Now, I brought this, this little cluster of grapes here, and obviously they're cut, right? And, but I want to illustrate something to you today. Here we have the branches. Who's the branches? You are. Turn to your neighbor just real quick and say, I am not the vine. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I am Groot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll go there today. Many people don't bear fruit because they don't understand their role and God's role. When you understand that you are, listen, the branches and not the vine, it will help you to bear fruit because the vine is what brings the life. The vine is what brings the nourishment to all of the branches. I like to say it this way. The vine supplies. The branches receive the very life, water, and nourishment from the vine. Now, here's why we don't bear fruit. We think we are the vine. Now, if this branch were to say, I'm the vine. I am the vine. Well, here's the reality. This branch has no life in itself. It only has the life that the vine gives it. Let me say it this way. The branches are dependent on the vine. So watch. Here's why people don't bear fruit. They say, I am the vine. If it's got to be, it's up to me. So they're not even dependent on the vine. Guess what they're dependent on? Themselves for everything, for providing their own needs, for their career, right? For their destiny. No, it's, it's up to me. I'm going to depend on me. Well, guess what? You're not the vine. You're the branches, so if I understand he's my life, right? If I understand he nourishes me, he gives me a calling, I follow after him, watch, I bear much fruit. Have you ever been around grapes? Have you ever been about around a lemon tree, an, an apple tree, and just been walking around and all of a sudden you hear this? What's happening? Oh, that's the apple tree. It's struggling to give fruit. Listen. Yeah, that's the struggle. That's the struggle. You hear that? I don't want to do that too much because I may have to use the restroom. But Can I ask you a question? I always wanted to do that. I used to do that with our band. We should throw picks. Hey, you can catch them. They're organic. Don't worry. Like, oh, it's, not orga it's organic, I think. Do you know, this branch did not struggle to make this fruit. To be honest, the fruit is a byproduct of being connected to the vine. And many people struggle and look and don't have fruit and it's because they have decided that they are the vine. I'm going to depend on me. Well, this is why people are stressed out. This is why people have anxiety. And at the end of the day, guess what? You got no fruit. You have no fruit. I don't know if you've seen Avengers, the Infinity War. And I got, it's, glad, it's rightly titled Infinity. It lasts forever, that movie. I went in on a Sunday evening, came out on Wednesday afternoon. I mean, come on, somebody. And it's still not over. Still not over, right? But Guardians of the Galaxy shows up. For those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm talking about some superheroes. But there's these certain superheroes are called Guardians of the Galaxy. And they have this little superhero. I guess he's like this, this little like miniature like, like vine thing. And his name's Groot. And that's all he says. I am Groot. That's all he says. No matter what, hey Groot, how are you? I am Groot. And first when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, yeah, this is getting a little annoying. 
But then I, I feel like the Lord showed me something. Like this guy knows who he is all the time. No matter where he is or what he's doing, he's always going to tell you, I am Groot. And I thought, what a revelation for us as Christians that if we could just start saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus all the time, no matter what happens, guess what? Your situation may change instead of saying, I'm stressed all the time. I'm anxiety. No, no, no. I am Groot. I am the branch. I am not the vine. I'm the branch. I'm the branch. I'm the branch. Now watch this. Who's responsible for the fruit? The branch or the vine? Say that again. Who's responsible for the fruit, the branch or the vine? When you understand that, that Jesus is responsible for the fruit, here's what you do. You begin to live a life of rest, that his life flows through me because I'm not the vine, I'm the branch. I receive the nourishment, the life, the strength. Pastor, if you don't have the strength, his strength, fruit. Oh, I'm stressed. I feel like I have sickness. His healing in me, fruit. There's no struggle. The struggle becomes when you don't know your role and you swap roles. Is this good this morning? Come on, just say it. Say, I am Groot. Here's what else God will do. John 15, verse one. Look, he says, I am the vine and you are the, uh, and my father is the vine dresser. Now, let me, let me just tell you what God, Jesus is talking. He's saying he's the vine and his father's the vine dresser. Now, this is what God's doing. He's looking because he made an investment in you. He gave you life he gave, and he wants fruit. And what, here's what he's also watching for. When there's no fruit, what is the reason? So he says this, he says, look, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, look at this, it says he takes away. Now, what I'm about to do, you're gonna be so happy you came to church today. These scriptures are probably one of the most misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible that people just don't understand. We don't understand God's heart about this. What does that mean? We need to find out if we're not bearing fruit, he takes it away. What does that mean? Is that kind of like in the Avengers movie when they start to disintegrate at the end? Remember that? Like, uh-oh, you're not bearing fruit. Boom, gone, boom. Beat me up, Scotty. In other words, God kills you. Takes you to heaven. He takes you away. Is that what it means? I don't know. And I don't think that's what it means because I've had some bad fruit in my life and I'm still here, I think. I think I'm here. I mean, they say there's no absolute truth. Maybe I'm not here. Maybe you're seeing, I don't know. But the truth is, I'm here. So is that what this means? That he takes you away? That God promotes you to heaven when you bear bad fruit? I need to know what takes away means. This is why I'm always very concerned when I read certain commentaries because there's actually commentaries that were written in the 1900s that say and bear this out, that when you do not bear fruit, God elevates you to heaven, beams you up. That's it, he just takes you away. So I got concerned. This is why I always look into the Greek words. That was the original language that the New Testament was written in. What does takes away mean in the Greek? And I think you're going to love this. Takes away actually means to lift up. To lift up. It means to lift up. So here's number two of what God will do. Not only is God your vine, but number two, he will lift you up. Now, that didn't really make sense to me until I, until, I, until I started to study a little bit about vines and, and branches. But look, the Passion Translation has this correct. It's a new translation of the Bible. I love it. People always ask me this. What translation do you like? Here's what I do. I like to look at the original Greek and I look at different translations and I try to get the best translation that bears out what the heart of Jesus is. And I love the way the Passion Translation says it. It says this, I am the spouting vine. Look, 
Who is the vine? Jesus. He's spouting life, right? He's spouting strength. He says, I am the spouting vine. Look, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by doing what? Lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. You know, I did some study and what they found is that when there's ever branches that start to hit the dirt and branches that start to touch the ground, branches that touch the ground and the dirt don't bear fruit. They don't bear fruit. And so a good person who owns vineyards will look and when he sees that one of his branches is not bearing fruit because it's touching the ground, this is so powerful, he goes over and he picks it up and puts it back on the trellis. Why? Because when it's lifted up, it can bear fruit. And what Jesus wants to do in the unfruitful areas of our lives, maybe it's because we've fallen. Maybe it's because we didn't have the knowledge that we have now. Jesus wants to lift you up. So why? You can bear much fruit. Come on, somebody, this morning. He wants to lift you up. You know what's interesting is that when you read in the Old Testament, David, you remember David, he fought the big Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. Do you know what Philistine means? Philistine means to wallow in the dust. This is what the Philistines did best. They wallowed in the dust. What was the characteristic of Goliath when he took on David? He said, you know what? He started talking down to him. He started to get him. He wanted to get David to wallow in the dust. That is the goal of the enemy, to get you to wallow in the dust. He tells you, you know what? You can't bear fruit. Your past is too great. You're not good enough. You're not, you know what? You're not holy enough. And here's what he does. He tries to beat you down to the ground. But here comes Jesus. And Jesus, because he is the vine, he picks us up and he puts us back on the trellis. Why? So we can bear much fruit. But see, if you know that Jesus is going to lift you up, if you know you are the branches, and notice, Jesus said, you are the branch. So when the enemy comes and tries to tell you and beat you down and cast you down, here's what you say. I am Groot. I am a branch of God. He told me that I am a branch. I am a child of God. And as a child of God, I will bear fruit. Why? Because he lifts me up. He lifts me up. Come on. Will you be lifted up today? Will you allow God to lift you up? Here's the great news. I feel like running, but I don't have the right shoes. Listen, let me just tell you, if you are here today and your life is totally messed up, you've never borne fruit in your life. The great news is Jesus can lift you up. Why? So you can bear much fruit from here and today forward. Come on, give him a good round of applause. I love that. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to think about why well, I just, I just messed up. No, let him lift you up. Let him put you back up. Why? So you can bear much fruit. He lifts you up. Come on, church. Close your eyes for just a minute. Be lifted up today. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Don't worry about the fruit from the past. Don't worry about, let him lift you up. Let him speak his life into you. Let him speak his strength into you today. Receive it. Be a good branch that is connected to the vine. Lord, lift us up today. Lift up your people to bear much fruit for your glory, for your glory. So he takes me away. He lifts me up. And here's the third thing that God, is this good this morning? Let me hear, let me hear you, the moms. Is this okay, mom? Yes. All right. Thank you, mom. Thanks. Because you know, mom says it's good. It's good. Look at what he does. Here's the last one for today. John chapter 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now watch this. And every branch that does bearing fruit. So watch. So now you're bearing fruit. He's lifting you up. And he says, but every branch that bears fruit, now what does he do? He prunes. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Are you getting the picture that God wants you to bear much fruit? 
That he's doing everything that he can. He's going to lift you up. And then when you start bearing fruit, he knows that it's really important that these be pruned. Now, here's what we need to understand. Because I hear this, I hear people saying this a lot. And, 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 and again, it's just so misinterpreted. Oh, Pastor Phil, I'm going through a pruning. Now, let me tell you what a pruning is not. A pruning is not God putting you in an accident to teach you something. Can I hear a better amen than that? Would you do that to your own kid? And let me just tell you this. God loves you more than you love your own kid. I would not put cancer on my kid to teach him a lesson. Where do we get this stuff? And God is way better than me. I'm going through a pruning. Would you just relax? What is pruning? What does it mean? Well, see, when we think about pruning, the first thing we think about is how we prune today. Get out them scissors and let's cut these things and we're chopping, right? Let's get all the dead stuff out. But here's what we need to know when it comes to this word pruning is that it's not the pruning of today. It was how they pruned when Jesus was alive. And here's what they did. They would get the fruit when they started to see fruit and they began to wash. Listen, they begin to cleanse the fruit. They would cleanse the fruit by pouring water over it. Why? It would get all of the insect debris and all of the insect stuff that, that was covered by the, the, the fruit was covered by all the insect. And then they would take water and they would wash the fruit. Do you know what the word prune actually means in the Greek? It means to cleanse. It means to cleanse. Simple cleansing. So here's number three, what God will do. Not only is he the vine, not only will he lift you up, but here's number three, he actually will cleanse you. He, when you start to bear fruit, he starts to cleanse you. Now here it becomes the question, how does God cleanse his people? And you say, Pastor Phil, how do you know that this is the correct definition? Well, look at verse three in John chapter 15. He says this, you are already clean because of the word. So he cleanses us, right? He pours water. Why does he do that? Man, you guys are so spontaneous. That's amazing. How does he cleanse us? Well, I think Ephesians chapter five verse tells, tells us, right? And John 15, three, you are already clean because of the word. But listen to Ephesians chapter five, verse 26. It says this, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the what? Word. So when I hear the word of God, it's doing a cleansing and washing me. Why? To bear much fruit. Now the Bible does say that the word of God is like a sword. And here's what it'll do. It'll separate what you think and your soul from what God thinks. So there's, there can be a cutting of, okay, this is my emotions. This is God's spirit. This is my flesh. This is God's spirit, right? And why do we want to know what God wants us to do? Because when we do things God way, we're going to bear much fruit. And so he's right now, you don't even realize this. I know it's not, it doesn't seem like it, but every time we read a scripture, there's cleansing that's happening by the water of the word into your mind. That's why I always tell, and when I counsel people, especially gentlemen that are dealing with pornography, that man, I just can't, you know what? You need to wash out your brain with the word of God because it has a cleansing effect. It can actually cleanse your whole mind. It's powerful. And so here's, here's the pruning process in his word, in his word. So here's the question. Since God does these things, he's my vine, right? Right? Not only is he, he my, my, my vine, he's my vine. And what else does he do? He lifts me up, number two. Number three, he cleanses me. So the question becomes, what do I do? And he's going to help us with that, Right? Now, let me just say this before I, I close out today. This is why we should love pruning. This is why we should love pruning. Why? Because when we're pruned, we bear more fruit. Don't despise God's word because it'll make you better. So we should be like, man, Lord, prune me. Wash me. Walk, clean me. Ow. Separate the stuff, the dead stuff. 
Because why? I want to bear more fruit. But here's what we do. Here's our responsibility. John chapter 14, verse 4. He says, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch, right, cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What is God talking about, Phil? I know he can't lie. What does he mean that we can't do nothing? What, is, what does that mean? I see people, man, it looks like they're flourishing. It looks like they got a lot of fruit, man. But come on, Pastor Phil, what, what does that mean? Listen, God is talking about, here's, you're not gonna do anything of value. You're not gonna do anything of a spiritual significance, right? Just because somebody the, won the lottery doesn't mean that they're fruitful but it is what you do with that that could make your life fruitful. But he's talking about actually doing something of meaning and value. So look, this is what he says. Unless he abides in me, you can't do anything. So what does abide mean? Abide simply means to remain. It means to dwell. If I were to tell you, listen, just for a minute, I know we're almost done here, but look, I gotta go to the restroom. I really, I gotta go. And I'm gonna be back, just depending on the supply and demand, I will be back in just a couple of moments, okay? But here's what I want you to do. I want you to remain. Remain in your seat until I return. Now, I want to ask you this question. If I were to ask you that and I would exit, some of you would sit back and you'd wait because abiding is resting in God's word. And when we abide in him, we are actually trusting because resting is trusting in his word. When I rest in him, I don't struggle to make fruit. I rest in his strength. Let me give you an illustration. Then I'm going to close with this scripture. So I need a husband. Like I need a husband because I want to get married. Here's what people do. They get out of a position of trusting God. They get out of a position of, of abiding in him. They are dependent on themselves. And man, I'm gonna go make the hookup. Now there's stuff you have to do, come on. You gotta shower, put on your makeup, do your little thing, you know? I understand that. But what people do is they start to make things happen that is not God working in their life. And guess what? They produce the fruit of the flesh. And we're going to go through all those because you know what? Your flesh has fruit just like the spirit has fruit. But here's what they did. They got out of a position of abiding and trusting in God for their mate because they said it's dependent on me. This is why some people even financially struggle because you have this idea that it's all dependent on you, right? You won't give, you won't tithe. Well, here's the reality. You're not trusting God and you are not relying on the vine to supply a blessing so you can bless others. So you're like, I'm gonna do it. It's my career, it's my promotion. I know that's why you're all stressed out because you're not abiding in the vine anymore. Now you're dependent on you and you can do nothing without him. Does this make sense this morning? Yeah, you can give the Lord a great round of applause. You know, I met my wife by just going to church. How many of you know God knows where you go to church? God knew where she was at. God knew where I was at. And guess what? By just being what I was doing, trusting God that I was at the right church, trusting God that I'm doing what he's called me to do. Hello. I met someone. If you'll be honest and look at your life and go, where are some areas that there's just no fruit? Maybe it's an area where you're not abiding in him. Maybe it's your career and not his career for you. Because I'll tell you what, when you are doing what God has called you to do, there's love and strength that flows from the vine and there's fruit that's being produced. Come on, somebody. Fruit will come. And it comes by abiding and resting in him. Pastor Phil, that's too easy. Well, just remember, you're not the vine. You're the branch. And that's what the branch does. But when the branch is cut off from the vine, 
Now, some of us cut ourselves off because, well, I don't want God's wisdom. I'm going to do it my way. Okay. Well, here's what you did. You cut yourself off from the flow of God's wisdom. That's maybe why you have no fruit. Now, fruit doesn't happen all of a sudden. You don't plant a tree and go tomorrow and go, where's my apple tree? You know what? They say that this takes about three years to happen. And I say that because maybe you're not where you need to be right now, but have some grace. Like my wife said, let God work. Let the fruit happen. Let the fruit happen. And let me close with this and then we're going to pray. Are you glad you came to church today? I wanted to give you a good introduction to this series. We have to deal with this last scripture and I want to tell you how I deal with it and how I believe Let me bring some understanding to this last verse because a lot of people don't understand it. John chapter 15, verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. Now I want you to notice these two words that help us define the scripture is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. This is talking about a person who is not saved. And how do I know that? Number one, because they're withered. There's no life in them. There's no life of God in them. This is every commentary that I read said this. This described Judas Iscariot. Judas was a person who followed Jesus around, right? He saw all the miracles. He was there. But guess what? At the end of the day, Judas never gave Jesus his heart. He was never connected. He walked around, right? He was like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And look at the fruit of his life. He hung himself. Jesus was hanging for him and he hung himself. If he would have just waited, Jesus would have hung for him and forgiven him of his sins. But because of the own fruit of his life, he killed himself. And so this is talking about a person who's not saved. This is talking about the person, when he talks about the fire, that's talking about a person who never connects and abides in God, asking Jesus to come inside their heart at the end of their life. If you do not receive Jesus, your sin will have to be paid for. Jesus already paid for it. I always say hell is a place for people who want to pay for their own sin. And you'll have to pay for it for eternity. But listen, that's not God's will for your life. That's what Judas chose. God wants you to bear much fruit. God wants you to abide in him. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.